0: Hello everyone, my name is Jared Causey and you're listening to Causey's Conversations. Uh, I hope you have uh, tuned in to the previous episodes that I've uh, done. Grant is already laughing at me. Okay, I'm not even going to be able to, you know, to, to do that great intro that I was planning. Um, so yeah, Grant's here everyone. What's up? Welcome Grant to the show. <laughs> it's, just, it's just funny watching you live in action, you know? Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm glad you're getting a good laugh out of this. I uh, yeah. hope it's very uh, productive for you. But, yeah, I uh, – so, yeah, like I was saying, um, go ahead and listen to my other episodes if you want to. If not, it's cool. You don't have to. I'm not going to force you to. I'm not going to get mad at you. But I think it would benefit your life. I think so. But, you know, any- anyway. So, and also, I haven't asked for this yet. Let to go ahead and ask for it. Um – there are um, there's a rating system, I believe, on iTunes. You can go ahead and rate it whatever you want. I'm gonna recommend five stars, but that's that's just me. You know, if you think this is terrible, um, hopefully you don't because Grant is here, and yeah. I mean that alone makes this. I mean, I feel like at least four point five. Maybe I could squeeze in the half a star there, so it makes up five stars. So, <laughs> yeah, anyway. let me go ahead
1: plug in for you it's it, uh, you know you're, you're giving your own plug i'll do a shameless pu- plug yeah go listen to jared's other podcasts if you're gonna take the time to listen to one with me on it go listen to the other ones especially the one with Demirin. um that's solid that's solid we uh, you know you invited demyron on and then you invited steven on and i was like am i ever gonna get invited on and i feel honored
0: i feel honored yeah. well i'm i'm really glad that i finally got you on um, you know, I'm surprised I haven't invited you on previously, but to be fair to me, to me personally, I, I've i wanted to invite others on to the podcast. However, I've had technical difficulties of figuring out how to do the whole Skype and record. Actually, you don't really have to do anything. Um, I was just thinking, I was honestly just uh, making it too harder than it actually is. Um, I was thinking too hard about it, so just... All I had to do was just do it, and there it is. Exactly. Um,
1: if you want to figure something out, you just Google it.
0: Yeah, or ask other people that have done it before. So, <laughs> so yeah, I've um, I've um, I have Grant on. Grant is a good friend, brother in Christ, I think he is anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he is. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Excuse me. Um, he, he uh, me and him go way back. Um, I guess it's been, what, 10 years almost now?
1: Almost 10 years, man. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I don't think I had a driver's license when we first met because you had to give me a ride from Pleasant Hill that time. Oh, yeah. And my, and my dad was like, son, you can't be getting rides from strangers because yeah. I didn't have a license yet.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Todd. Yeah. Thanks, Todd. I appreciate it. <laughs> now, uh, um, about your dad, I've heard he's been doing good things over at First Baptist Singer. I don't know if he's cool with us talking about him on the podcast, but I- – <laughs>
1: He doesn't listen to podcasts, so <laughs> well,
0: hey, doesn't matter. I, yeah, well, you know, um, he, he
1: may listen to this one since I'm on it. I don't
0: know. Yeah, hey, um, I mean, they liked your mom anyway. Liked my picture uh, yeah. of us. That, by the way, my pastor, uh, Aaron Scarborough. So shout out to Aaron if he's listening. He might not be. I mean, he might be too busy or whatever. But he uh, he he joked around with me today. He was like, "We're talking about doctrine and devotion, which is another podcast that I've listened to uh, for a while now." <clears throat> but he was he was like yeah you know for for you to get big you can't have just your friend your buddies on and then he goes especially your buddies that were in your wedding like just having your buddies on in your wedding isn't going to give you a big platform and he was just joking and you know, he was giving me a hard <laughs> time because he saw the picture I put on Facebook of me and you um, yeah. and on Instagram and stuff so that was kind of funny um, I, I'm glad he's like picking around with me because you know it shows that he kind of I guess thinks positively of me. Cause yeah. when, and I used to take things personal, you know, uh, you, you remember, you, all right, you're 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 nodding, so I mean, <laughs> for those of you at home, you can't see this, but Grant is an, agree, an agreeance with me. Um, I used to kind of be like, a little sensitive on certain things, and I still am, like, I, I still have that sensitive side of me, you know, to this day, but it's a little bit more logical. I try to make it more logical, like, you know, so... But that's, I don't know, we're on a rabbit trail here, which is cool. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, (coughs) Excuse me. I I have a cough, and I just got done playing basketball, and I pulled a hamstring, so you could tell that I'm past my prime in the game of basketball. Um, um, I didn't make one three. That was good. I made one three. That was very, very good. Um, I didn't play the second half, though. I I had to tell coach I needed out, so... Um, yeah. This is this is at uh, our at seminary we have intramural league basketball league yes we do have that at seminary um, and yeah it's it's good it's we um, had a good time um, a lot of fun um, so today Grant is here and he is going to make this podcast way more interesting um, than I ever could um, that's why I like to have all these guys on these friends and stuff like because I can tell it's just so much more. Like people care more, and which is good. Um, I will say um, that Grant has done podcasting before. Um, it's been a while though. It's yeah, been it's been
1: uh, it's been almost two years since I did podcasting, and uh, my my episodes are still up. If anybody wants to go listen, I think they're still up. It's a uh, The Prodigal Podcast. <clears throat> I'm not I'm not posting anything new, but if you want to go check out some old episodes, they're there.
0: And one of the reasons why he's not a getting back to podcasting is he, because him and Lauren are about to have their first kid. Baby, I, Yeah. yeah baby. <laughs> I was waiting for you to finish it for me. Uh, yeah. First baby and the little guy, his name is going to be
1: Benjamin Grant Q. All
0: right. Oh, yeah. middle name there. Nice. Very humble of you. Grant. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I think that's cool. Um, Little tradition there. Hopefully, your grandkids are named, you know, uh, Grant. Yeah. yeah, Grant. Um, that's that's cool though, and um, happy for both of them. Know they're going to be great parents. I mean, I know Lauren's going to be a great mom. Don't know about Grant <laughs> being a great dad. I'm still, still have doubts there. But no, um, I what's you know what's funny is um, I I've known Grant and Lauren since uh, both of y'all been you know y'all since like 2009, I guess 2010 or something like that. Around then. And um, you know, it's kind of kind of cool that y'all are having, having a kid now. That's that's yeah. pretty cool.
1: Yeah, especially because you used to say she was your college mom.
0: Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> I, I was about to say that. I was like, "Is that going to be weird? Too weird?" Nah,
1: it's just a joke. Everybody. It's yeah. not like he really thought she was his mom or anything. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah.
0: And then like um, yeah, there was something about a dog. I remember something about a dog, and I would pick with y'all about a dog in high school. I don't know. uh, You don't remember that?
1: I remember it, but I don't remember why.
0: Okay. Well, What was the joke?
1: I don't even remember the joke, but I remember something about a dog. I remember about as much as you do right now. Oh,
0: okay. Gotcha. Well, anyway, so um, all that to say, um, they're having a kid. Things are going to be great for them, and they're living in in Derrida right now, um, Derrida, Louisiana. Um, That's in kind of the southwest Louisiana area for those that do not know where that's at. It's a very good town. Um, You know, the main reason I like Derrida a lot is because there's people there that I I like and love and care about. So, I mean, Derrida's not the most happening place in the world. I mean, you got a Walmart, barely. But, uh, you know, other than that, it's really not a whole lot to do, which is cool, you know. It's cool to get away from, you know, the big city, so... But um yeah, I, I really uh, sometimes I get homesick a little bit, I'm like I miss Deritter. But most of the time I'm like I'm I'm glad I'm I'm where I'm at in Fort Worth. So but anyway, Grant, what are we talking about today?
1: Uh I forgot what you exactly called it in the text message, but I think I think you said we are going to talk about what a real movement of God looks like. Yeah. And in, in this in this all spurred off of my Instagram post the other day. uh, And I forgot exactly what I said, but I said something to the effect of, you know, we don't have to have these 60,000 people gatherings. um, And yeah, I was taking a shot at one particular thing when I said that. Um, uh, We don't have to have these conferences targeting just the youth or the young adults, because it seems like every conference these days is targeted at just young people. When the the, the body of uh, Christ is made up of old people, middle aged people, young people, you know, all these different diverse people. Um, but I said that it starts at the local church uh, with the local body. So,
0: right, I agree with you. Um, yeah, so today we are going to be talking about what a true movement of God looks like. Um, So we'll maybe look at different examples throughout church history a little bit. Um, Maybe discuss a little bit about, you know, the early church, what a true movement of God looked like. And um, just just really just kind of hit home on what, you know, know, can we, in a way, uh, create an environment in which a movement of God occurs here today? We'll maybe talk a little bit about that. Like what... You know what? What do we do here on Earth to kind of get God to move, if we can at all? I mean, I have a I have my own opinion on that, and we'll I'm sure you do too, Grant, and we'll, yeah. we'll discuss that a little bit. Um, but yeah, you know, conferences, and this isn't a shot at a, at conferences in general, because conferences are are good. You know, I just went to a conference in uh, Minneapolis. And it was very good. It was very healthy. It was very very God-glorifying. Um, did I agree with everything that was said there? Probably not. I mean, I didn't even get to go to most of it, to be honest, <laughs> because um, I, I was I was sick. But, um, you know, from what I heard, um, you know, there was a lot of great things that were said. So, heard Stephen Lawson preach, which was so good. Really, really good. Heard Piper P., John Piper. <laughs> That's um, a boy. Yeah, John Piper. Um, you know, he was kind of... You know, like usual, talking about Christian hedonism. Um, I love it. No, I, I I like it too. I mean, I, I get a little uncomfortable with the word there, but yeah. whatever. I, I agree with what he is saying. Get the sermon Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, like, uh, you know, I got to got to go to Bethlehem actually too. Um, uh, the the church and hear Jason Meyer preach, um, and he preached it at, at Pleasant Hill Baptist Church yeah. when we were in high school. So that was that was yeah. really cool. I got to hear him a long time ago. Um, but anyway, so conferences are good, you know, or can be good. They're not all good. They're not all bad. They're just kind of, a conference is a neutral thing. It can be good, can be bad. Um, yeah. but it seems like there are many of those in the body of Christ or those that claim to be in the body of Christ that, um, kind of are making it seem like conferences are kind of the way that, in which God moves amongst his people. Like, that's the way, that that's the centerpiece, that this is the yeah. the event that's going to activate the Holy Spirit in our lives, you know, which or activate our faith, or something like that, which is not even scripture. I, I don't know where that's at. I, I just can't find it, activate. Um, don't understand why that's being used. But anyway, um, so... We we know that the movement of God is important. We want God to move amongst His people. The question is, is how does God do that? Like you said, and which is you know according to your post, there it's it starts at the local church, which I agree with. Um, I feel you know I see this a lot. People go off and get that camp high. You know they'll go they'll go off and spend a week or two away from mommy and daddy and or you know or just go off you know to a camp or whatever in general or you know faith walk or axe retreat whatever it is and they will come back so stoked so pumped so you know kind of a spiritual high not a literal high but like a spiritual high where they're just so pumped up and you know they they just like this is it this is the movement of god we need to recreate this in the local church no you know that's that's not true um, and so, yeah, that's what we're going to be discussing. So, but Grant, um, you know, you're more than welcome to mention the conference you're thinking of. I'm not going to do that for you. That's up to you. Um, I don't mind talking about it. I really don't. Uh, I'll talk about it. Okay. Well, you yeah. know, yeah, go for it and tell, you know, tell, maybe tell the me and the, uh, folks at home, you know, what kind of your deal is with that, what what's your, what's your, maybe the issue with it in, uh, in yeah. particular.
1: Yeah, I was, uh, I was particularly referencing the SEND conference that just happened uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, <clears throat> I just noticed that uh, many of the people that I know that actually went all the way from Louisiana to Orlando for this conference um, <clears throat> talk, talked a lot about this conference. Talked to, Actually, a lot of them talked about um, the Carry the Love event um, that came to McNeese. Um, I think you talked about that uh, a couple episodes ago. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, you hear them talking about all these big events that are happening, but very seldom do we see them engage. You know, they go to you know they they go to a local church, but you don't see them promoting their local church. They don't, you don't see them promoting promoting events maybe their local church is doing, and so it's all this. Um, this more international, global kind of thing going on, and uh, and that's not, in my opinion, really helping the local body there around you. Um, and I think, honestly, think uh, a lot of the problem uh, stems from YouTube preachers. Um, you know, we depend on, and I have nothing against listening to preachers on YouTube. I do it almost daily, um, just because I love listening to different sermons. Um, if you ever want to look up a certain topic, just YouTube that and you know a couple of your favorite pastors to listen to and boom you can get you know some insight it's basically like a commentary but without having to open a book uh, <laughs> and uh, and so but I think a lot of times the whole YouTube sermon phenomenon has uh, kind of uh, downgraded the local church because uh, people you know maybe see this guy on YouTube and they're like oh my gosh he's so cool but my local church doesn't look like that and so uh-oh. Are we,
0: are we back? Yeah, you're good. You're good. Where did I cut off at? No, you're, you're good. Just keep on.
1: Okay. Uh, sorry, everybody. We had a technical difficulty. Uh, but, you know, I feel like uh, a lot of times we replace the local church, your local pastor, with these YouTube pastors. And, you know, we see the way that this person teaches or looks or the way their church looks and we think, uh, man, that's way cooler than my church. You know, I wish my church looked like that. And then you start to think, well, my church is kind of crappy compared (laughs) to that person's church, you know? And so, um, a lot of times that's why you end up, I think that's why a lot of people end up seeking these events and these camp highs and all that kind of stuff. Um, because I mean, I can remember being in high school, right. Going to church camp and I was always pumped up for the preacher but how often was I pumped up for the preacher at my own church? Right. You know, um, or I was always pumped up for the band. But how often was I pumped up for the praise team at my own church? You know, right? Um, which I was kind of pumped up for because I was on the praise team. But, <laughs> but that's you know, very it,
0: humble you, of you.
1: <laughs> but you get you get the sentiment yeah. I'm saying. You know, like yeah. we we seek these uh, experiences and we seek, seek these events that are primarily supposed to be found in our local churches.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, I mean, I really can't any add anything, you know. Probably important to that and and uh, what you said. I think you explained it very well. Um, and that's the case. Same case for me. I mean, um, maybe other than being in the worship team itself, I was at different times. But um, you know, I'd go to camp or I'd go on a mission trip or I'd just you know go to a conference. You know, it just seemed like, uh, you know, it was it was just so much more exciting. It was so much more emotional. It, and it seemed like God was moving there, you know. Um, you know. Now, here's the thing. I want to preface with this. I, this conference I'm about to bring up is not necessarily, a, like, I don't equate that to the send, you know, the send conference. I want to, so I want to make that preface uh, there. But I'm talking about the Passion Conference. Um, Louis Giglio is the one that founded that, um, and it's still going on, you know, to this to this day. I mean, it's the, every year they do it, and it's usually pretty. It's it's so so. I mean, like I'm not saying it's you know completely bad. Um, I disagree with a lot of the things they do there, though. I mean, they'll have solid preachers there at times. Like <clears throat> I think they have Piper still. Um, it's guys like him or Chandler, but they'll have <clears throat> they'll invite Christine Kane, who um, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say she's a false teacher in of herself, but she's definitely not a someone I would ask to, to speak at a conference. Um, I, I would not. Um, she has some some pretty close ties with the prosperity gospel. If you listen to what she says, it's usually nothing but fluff. It's nothing, it's just, you know, the same thing every, you know. But I'm, I'm, I'm referring to all those things to say that, um, you know, I've experienced the same things, though, where I've, I've go, gone into the Passion Conference and, man, it just, oh, I just seemed like God was moving so much there. And it was just such a distinction between the Passion Conference and my local church. So whether or not you like the Passion Conference, you have to ask yourself, why is the Passion Conference so much better than your local church?
1: Yeah, why are you getting more excited for this than you than you do your local church? And you begin to, in my opinion, uh, show a greater degree of love for these events and conferences than you do for your own local church.
0: Yeah, and I would say from – if I, if someone asked me that, I would say that like, okay, I'm more excited. I would say if I am more excited, I'm more excited because I get to hear people that I don't usually get to hear. Yeah. They're famous, and they're they're popular, yada, yada. But don't equate that with a true movement of God. Yeah. You know, oh, because because emotions are, are, are really, really active here. You know, emotions are, are going all over the place. People are jumping up and down. People are just raising their hands. And that's another thing, man. Raising your hand does not equate to true biblical worship. It can. I'm not saying it's not. It, I'm not saying it's not. but Or yep. it will never be. But really just a lot of people, if you notice in contemporary worship, people begin raising their hands at one particular portion of the, it's either the chorus or the bridge or both. And it's yeah. just like, is there a connection there? Like, why is that? And it's probably because the music is so seductive. And I don't mean that in a sexual way. I'm, I'm, I'm meaning that in a, in just a kind of a, a the, the music is luring, uh, kind of, um, uh, I guess, what's the, what's the best, I'm, I'm trying to think of a good word here. Um, it's kind of, uh, attracting you more in, and, and causing you to feel things that you, don't normally feel if yeah I,
1: I hit on that in my uh, Sunday school class this past week, and i I said uh, you know a lot of a lot of the feelings that we get when the lights are dimmed and uh you know and I turn up a little bit more reverb <laughs> on my guitar some set you know make this atmosphere right. um, I said uh, you know i could I could do that to with a worship song. And get this weird, you know, fuzzy feeling. Right. And I, pr- I probably could get that same feeling if I turn down the lights in the house and put on a Coldplay album. You know. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it. I mean, I don't know. I, I know you agree uh, with that. We've talked about that before. But uh, going back to <clears throat> going back to like you know church camps and events and stuff. I've just I don't know. I, I have nothing against. I, I you know I think conferences are good. I think church camps are good. I think those are you know I think a lot of people uh, come to know Jesus at church camps and at events and right. stuff like that. There's nothing I'm not you know we're not trying to say there's anything wrong with that, uh, right. but too often we do see um, we see people get this mountaintop high experience right. at camp or at this event, and it trickles off. Right, and it reminds me a lot of the seed that was you know thrown on good soil. The seed that was thrown amongst thorns, you yeah. know, the seed that was thrown and didn't get, you know, very deep in the soul. Um, and you, I, you know, you know, we've been walking with the Lord long enough now that we've we've seen many people, especially you know, in the youth group days, oh, yeah. that looked like they were on fire for the Lord in high school. And something happened. You know, senior year comes around, they start trickling off, you know.
0: Yeah, and, uh, even Sunday so, school teachers, man. I mean, it's not the same thing, but I've even seen certain Sunday school teachers that I've had, certain leaders, people that I looked up to in, in high school and youth group. Um, you know, um, fortunately, all the youth pastors that I've had are, are still walking with the Lord, I believe, as far as I know. Um, and they're all in ministry, I think, um, as far as I know, they are. Um But you know, student-wise, and like Sunday school teacher-wise, just even adults, lay people in the in the churches I've grown grown up in, you know, I've seen a lot, and and even the youth ministries that I've been able to lead, um, yeah, I've seen, I've seen, I've you know, seen on social media where a lot of students that I, you know, either thought I led to the Lord or, you know, someone I just discipled, they just went off went off the deep end there, Um, and it's really sad to see. Um, and it, it might be because of you know they were they saw they experienced what they did at that camp or conference, and they said, "Okay, this is what it should be like when I arrive." I went go home. No, it's not. You're you are experiencing a very professional uh, uh, corporate worship service. If you want to even call it a corporate worship service, but just I, I won't even call it that. Um, but just a, a a a time where there's a lot of people gathered together. Singing about Christ. The lights are professionally done. The music is professionally done. And not saying that's bad, just saying yeah. that it's going to create a certain amount of emotions that is, that it's going to be very different than the 90 year old grandmother playing <laughs> a piano at your church. Yeah. But your love for Christ should be exactly the same as th- at, at that local church as it was at that conference. That doesn't mean that you act the same or whatever, like as in, you know, you might not raise your hand. Um, but I mean, again, though, raising your hand isn't even, I, I don't think it's a good marker of you truly worshiping. It's it, its in the heart. You know, is God transforming you in your heart? That's a sign of true biblical worship is, you know, are you being sanctified? Are you drawing closer to God and that's the main indicator is what is happening in your life. Are you wanting to be more and more holy? And that's I think that's a lot, like man, I'm I've met a lot of people that are either Roman Catholic or lean Eastern Orthodox and um, you know, they're not Protestant anymore. And the one thing that I admire about them than than what, you know, Protestants have emphasized is the fact that they emphasize holiness so much more. Like they are so like, focused on being holy, which I I believe that we can't do without Christ, and I don't believe we, you know, we are holy by our own power, um, and our holiness is not a... um, it it does not justify us before God. Uh, I don't believe that, but I do believe that our holiness will grow as we are in Christ, as we're growing in Christ, and these conferences... Are not. Um, I'm personally. I don't see a lot of these conferences. Um, I'm talking about like stuff like the Send or the Passion Conference, really doing that, encouraging yeah. that. Now, I mean, this me. I'm a little biased, but I've seen a lot of great things come out of other conferences, though. So, um, you know, I know it's not all conferences. It's just these ones in particular. So, um, I saw you grab a book or something. You got, you got something there.
1: Got my Bible. Oh, your Bible. Uh, okay. oh, yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> well, and, and going back to um, the raising your hands thing, I used to, you know, being in the band and stuff, you know, I used to sit up on, you know, be up <laughs> on stage or whatever, and I would look out, and I would, uh, I would either be encouraged or discouraged, uh, not based on what was possibly happening in people's hearts, but based on how many hands I saw up, you know? Yeah. And that, what is it? Yeah. Like you said, like, what does that even mean? Like, I mean, yeah, the Bible says raising your hands is a way to worship. And I, I think it's, um, I think it's a very good way to worship. Um, but to base the amount of, you know, the movement of God in that church or at that conference or at that event by how many hands you see up when you hit the bridge, you know, uh, it's not really equating anything. And, um, I don't know. It just reminds me, uh, Maybe I should have saved this more towards the end, as uh, as kind of like a wrap up verse or whatever. But um, you know, Psalm fifty one, uh, David says, uh, "For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not suffice. And uh, and and we can't see we can't see in the heart of man. You know, we don't know what's going on in everybody's lives, yeah. but I think at the end of the day, that's true worship, to be broken before God, realizing who you are and what he's done, you know, it's not, and don't get me wrong, as a guitar player, I put reverb on my guitar, lots of reverb, lots of spacey (laughs) reverb, you know, yeah. Uh, but uh, a true movement of God doesn't come from, you know, me setting this weird atmosphere with reverb on my guitar. Yeah. It's it, You know, it and that's why that's why I'm saying it gets back to the local church. And even more than that, it gets back to our homes. Um, you know, what, you know, are you waking up in the morning and reading your Bibles? Um, it doesn't start with this event. And don't get me wrong. God can use an event to inspire um, God can use. Uh, an event yeah. to convict and teach someone um, his word. Um, but I feel like a lot of times, like we've, like we've said, people are trusting in these church camps and events and conferences um, to get them to this level in their walk when it's a daily walk, yeah. you know, the Bible says pick up your cross daily. Right. And, and that involves getting in the word daily. And uh, so I, and that's why in my post, I kind of was going back to the local church because, uh, even more than just your local church, it starts with you at your house, getting in the Word, praying, you know, and then you meet together with your local body. Uh, I've I've seen I've seen what I believe to be real movements <laughs> of God with groups of four and five guys more than I ever have with groups of two hundred kids at a church camp. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah. Right. No. That's good. That's really good. Um, I, I you you point out something really good about you know your guitar. You know you do put reverb on your guitar, and, and that's cool. I mean that's fine. I have no issue with that. Um,
1: it just sounds better.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and that's cool. You know, even you know, yeah, it's like we like worship leaders should strive to create sound, create music that is good. Like I have yep. no problem with that. Um, so. But, you know, you, you also said something about your, your reverb should not be used to create an environment that is more worshipful. And that's what I see a lot. People, I remember a post, someone putting essentially that on Facebook that, you know, a, um, like lights, lights and can be used to create, to enhance the environment of worship. And that's not, that's not biblical. That's not true it's just not no matter how you slice it no matter how you dice it it's just not it's not uh, biblical and, and it's not it's not applicable today um, I know they didn't have technology like that but it still and and this is we've gotten the, this mindset that we need to create some type of environment like at a conference or whatever and we need to do the same thing at the local church we've gotten that idea from a man I I mean, okay, this idea probably was did not begin with this guy, but it became really popular. and um, the who I'm referring to is Charles Finney. Uh, in fact, ironically, and I didn't plan this out, so it must be the Lord and his providence, but um, <laughs> uh, in church history too, we, we discussed Charles Finney, and this is what he had to say about, um, about a movement of God, a revival. Um, let me find the quote real quick. Um, as soon as I do, I'm going to begin discussing it. Let me look and see if I can get it. Um, okay, it says here, A new heart consists in a preference of the glory of God and the interests of his kingdom to one's own happiness. In other words, it is a change from selfishness to benevolence, from having a supreme regard to one's own interest to an absorbing and controlling choice of the happiness and glory of And glory of God and his kingdom. It is a change in the choice of a supreme ruler. The conduct of impenitent sinners demonstrates that they prefer Satan as the ruler of the world. They obey his laws, electioneer for him, and are zealous for his interests, even to martyrdom. Um, okay. That is part of it. I'm I'm looking more for the, um, uh, let's see. I'm looking. I cannot find it like I was. Um, I'm going to continue um, – we'll continue on, and I'll, when I find it, I'll, I'll read it. But um, – oh, here we go. Here, here it is. Um, so he says in his uh, lectures on revivals of religion, he says, um, Almost all the religion in the world has been produced by rival- revivals. God has found it necessary to take advantage of the excit- excitability there is in mankind to produce powerful excitements among them before he can lead them to obey. Men are so spiritually sluggish. There are so many things to lead their minds off from religion, and to oppose the influence of the gospel that it is necessary to raise an excitement among them till the tide rises so high as to sweep away the opposing obstacles. They must be so excited that they will bring, they will break over those counteracting influences before they will obey God. Not that excited feelings, not that excited feeling is religion. For it is not, but it is excited desire, appetite, and feeling that prevents religion. The will is, in a sense, enslaved by the carnal and worldly desires. Hence, it is necessary to awaken men to to a sense of guilt and danger and thus produce an excitement of counterfeeling and desire which will break the power of carnal and worldly desire and leave the will free to obey God. There is so little principle in the church, so little firmness and stability of purpose, that unless the religious feelings are awakened and kept excited counter worldly feeling and excitement will prevail and men will not will not men will not obey God. Revival is not a miracle or dependent on a miracle in any sense. It is a purely philosophical result of the right use of the constituted means. That's important right there. It is a purely philosophical result of the right of the cons, uh, right use of the constituted means as much as as much so as any other effect produced by the application of means. So I know that was a lot. Um, I wanted to read all that though because it, it that's that is a very um, startling quote from Finney. Um, essentially, Finney's you know statement there in summary is that a movement of God first works list of excitement. You, the people in that movement, will be excited. Therefore. And he says it in there, create the means by which people can get excited. And so it's the same thing today. We want to create an environment that will cause us to be more excited, to be more happy, to be more jumpy, if if you will. Um, and I disagree with Finney on that. Um, I, I d- definitely disagree with him on that. I don't think our job is to create an environment where people are excited. I don't think that's the goal. I think... The goal is to be reverent in the corporate service uh, before a holy God. Um, our job is not to get people excited about about Christ uh, in their emotions. That's not our job. Um, I mean, if you want to say that emotions are a part of that, then I mean, the only thing you can say is the holy. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Uh, but even so, I don't believe a true you know love for God it begins with the emotions uh, that one has. Um, I believe that it starts with um both a head and heart knowledge of who God is. Um and of course that will come out and emotions will be expressed. But emotions are a result. It's not the thing of itself that constitutes a movement of God or worship. Um so yeah, that I thought that was really interesting. I I read um we read through that in class and I was like, Whoa, this is crazy, you know, like we're doing that now. We're that's what a lot of not only conferences, but churches are doing. And I'm afraid that as we continue doing this, um, I think it creates um, a false sense of what church is supposed to be about, the local church is supposed to be about, in the minds of a lot of young people. Because the young people are the mainly the ones that are being affected by all this. It's not like older people. Older people might be encouraging this, but... This is mostly young people being affected by this movement of emotionalism within conferences that's pouring out into the church. So now, what you have at conferences, people are re- reproducing it at the local level. They're going to do it. Um, and not only at the local level, in the local church, they're going to do it. They're going to do their own conferences. They're going to do their own, like Carry the Love. Uh, I discussed that you know a lot, like Grant said, uh, with Stephen Klaus a few weeks ago you have these movements that are based on emotion and not on theology, scripture, and a true love and passion for Christ um, and, and the Lord. Um, it just, it's not, that's not what it's about. It's about feelings. It's about um, just getting, a, getting, getting a, a strong emotional reaction. That's what the, that's the purpose of it. That's what it's about. So, Finney, I disagree with them. Um, I think, what he what he like those statements um a lot of people have for some reason I don't know if, I don't think a lot of people have read Finney and like oh Finney's right let me do that I think it's just over the years people have kind of saw other things that people did so like uh for example you know um after Finney you have Billy Graham which don't get me wrong I, I love a lot of what Billy Graham said and did but a lot of what he also did was very emotional and it, it incited a response in people you know as that was the purpose you know to get people just to come to jesus by walking the aisle and praying that prayer um and then you have people today like our boy Stephen furtick there he's um he's kind of at the head of this a lot i think um he does a lot and I was, i'm going to bring up an example in a little bit but grant i want to hear your thoughts on what i just said i know that i, I rambled a lot there um but Grant, what were your thoughts on all all that? Um, well, on. I'm going to hit on
1: a couple things you said. Because um, as you were going, I was thinking about different things. But <laughs> like when you said, uh, I was thinking about what you said, but it brought up different things in my mind. Um, but like you mentioned, <laughs> the carried the love thing. And honestly, I, I mean, I, I haven't heard any of the teaching or preaching from any of that. But I guess one of my, uh, I guess concerns with something like that would be. You got these guys coming into these random college towns, um, you know, preaching you know, to them and all this stuff. So you get these college kids in there who maybe aren't plugged into a local church or anything and, you know, um, maybe not even friends with any Christians or anything, and they show up <laughs> to this event, and uh, and maybe something happens. Maybe, maybe they feel like, hey, I want to be a part of this, and then all of a sudden this movement leaves town. Yeah. And then they're stuck there. They don't have a local church. They don't have any friends who are believers. Like, So I, I feel like I, I'd be curious to, to know how many people end up like that out of a situation like yeah. that. And you just got these, these people coming into town, holding this little uh, revival fest, or whatever, I don't know what you'd call it, uh, this little Jesus party. And uh, I don't know, that's probably a bad it, word. It looked like a uh, Jesus metal
0: concert to me. I, I don't mind a Jesus Describe concert. it,
1: but... Uh, you know, yeah. and then they're they're kind of left alone. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, they'd they have somebody right there with them, you know, local, I guess, they like lead them to the Lord or, you know, walk beside them and say, hey, you know, I go to this church. Why don't you come with me? Um, and then another thing you're talking about, you basically were talking about easy believism there for a little bit. Uh, yeah. Whenever that's... you're talking about, you know, just getting as many people to walk the aisle as possible and uh, I'm actually uh, I'm, I'm filling in for Stephen Wednesday night uh, for the youth group and uh, I'm actually going to be teaching on Matthew 7 13 and 14 you know uh, and it says every, you know everybody who's listening to this podcast is probably actually probably already knows this, these verses but uh, you know it says enter by the narrow gate for the gate is wide and I love I love the way that ESV says this and the way is easy. You know, a lot of, you know, a lot of them say, you know, the gate is wide and the way is broad, Uh, but I love that the ESV uses in the way is easy that leads to destruction and those who enter by it are many for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. And so, uh, I just, you know, verses like that, even being a, you know, me being a Christian now for, you know, 11 years, uh, I got to ask myself when I read that, has my walk been easy? Or has it been hard? Because if it's been easy, then I'm probably going the you know I'm probably walking the wrong path, you know. Um, but if there are difficulties along the way, then I can be assured that uh, that I'm probably on the right path, you know. Right. Um, because the Bible's clear that one way is going to be easy, and that's going to lead to destruction, and one way is going to be hard, and that's going to lead to life. Right. So
0: no, you're right. You're right about that. Um yeah absolutely right um yeah like going back to the first thing you said um there's actually i was i talked to someone that's involved in it and they said that that they do try to follow up with with people they they do try to follow up with the you know the um the people that 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 are that attend that you know show up and so you know like, hey, man, that's that's great that's that's awesome um I would still say, you know, are you connecting them with a the local church? Um, that would be my that that'd be one of my concerns. I don't know if they're just connecting with them relationally, and they're just kind of just wanting to befriend them, or are they really wanting them to go to a local church? And then, what local church is it? You know, that's another big thing. Like, okay, what local church are you going to bring them to? Are you going to bring them to the local churches that you believe that are doing good things, or you know, and on what basis is that? You know, so I mean, there's a lot of a lot of things in that question, that concern you have that I think are relevant. Um, And then the second thing you said, um, I I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. Um, I think it's uh, important to know that, that we are going to live, as Christians, true believers in Christ, we're going to live a life full of joy in suffering, though. Like, we're going to be joyful in our suffering because we are going to suffer. We are going to struggle with sin um we might even doubt our salvation at times you know we might go through that i mean i know i've struggled with that before um doubting my salvation um so um but that's that's good what you said for sure um you know i go going back more towards the you know conferences and stuff what's the true movement of god um you know a lot of these conferences will you know I don't know if you would agree with this. I, I think you would agree with at least the sentiment of this, but a lot of them are filled with, I think, practices, worship practices, and filled with preachers that, so practices that are problematic within a, um, a worship setting, and also filled with false teachers. And what I mean by that is, you know, first off, a lot of the, the stuff that is done. Um, I would call strange fire. And for those of you that aren't aware of this, uh, in Leviticus, um, you have uh, Nahab and Abihu. Abihu, I forgot to say his name exactly, but um, he basically... um, So that's Aaron's sons. So Aaron's sons offer strange fire to God. And essentially, uh, it was the wrong, basically wrong sacrifice. It was wrong the improper way of worship and God killed them which is crazy to us I agree um, and so what I'm so connecting that to today I would say a lot of things that are being done in these conferences are I would say um, at, you know at best um, unwise um, at worst I would say they're straight up disrespectful to God because um, God never commanded to be worshiped. With in the way that a lot of these these services are being done, um, but yeah, I um, I so I wanted to kind of say that. But false teachers, man, I, like at the Send Conference, I mean, there was Todd White, Bill Johnson, any even Benny Hinn showed up, even though he wasn't on the official schedule, he did show up to, to the event and um, he did his thing. And Benny Hinn's, and it's not even, I mean, most people don't even argue he's not the he is not a good teacher he is a false teacher um so i don't understand why people would even entertain these conferences like this now either understand passion because passion actually has orthodox teachers i think for the most part but yeah so um but yeah so what else you uh, what else did you want to say on that grant
1: i agree wholeheartedly uh Everything you said. And, you know, I guess one of the, honestly, one of the biggest, I guess, uh, trying to think of the right word. I guess one of my biggest concerns outside of uh, possibly people being, you know, led astray or whatever about about the sin was, uh, man, <laughs> I, I've always loved and admired. My boy, Francis Chan. And it honestly, it really, I don't know, it really bothered me. And, you know, that it really bothered me, I guess, that he went necessarily uh, because uh, we all know and love and admire Matt Chandler's sermon. He preached at uh, the Orange Conference that time. Yeah. Remember the You're Not David? (laughs)
0: Yeah. You know,
1: and everybody, everybody was shocked that he was invited to that um to begin with but uh i don't know it i and i have noticed you know i've noticed francis chance spoke at some places over the past few years where he's kind of like kind of veered down that that path but I and it's you know steven said something the other day uh i guess i should name drop if he's not here but steven said something the other day in our text about uh it's almost like they recruited him you know to make it seem like they're you know like we're not that bad you know (laughs) and uh and you know to make them you know because you know the thing is with you know John MacArthur's talked about this with the strange fire stuff. Uh they say just enough of the right thing right to make you think that they're believable and trustworthy. You know, they'll say enough good stuff for you to listen. You're like, oh well they said Jesus is Lord, you know. Oh they said you gotta, you know, repent and believe but then they teach all these other things right. that aren't biblical, you know. And so, you know, it's, you know, it's, people need to get more than just the main thing right, to be right.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, uh, I know there are, sec- I believe there are secondary issues that we can pass off. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're all going to have disagreements on secondary issues. But a lot of the things that we disagree with with them are, major issues, you know? Yeah, no. Um, and so, so that, that was probably one, outside of just seeing a lot of people get hyped up for this conference, that they're probably not going to be hyped up about in a week after the conference. That was probably one of the biggest, uh, I guess, one of the saddest parts. Yeah. About, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. About Francis Chan, um, I, I was very, very bothered by it. The distinction between Chan, what Chandler did and Chan did, um, Chandler, did not call anyone there a man of God. He did not affirm anyone at that conference. Um, and in fact, his message was so contrary to what the others were teaching that they took down that video. They, they tried to take it down. Elevation did like Stephen Frederickdi and his gang. Um, but but on the other hand, Chan went in there and said everything, I mean everything he said, a lot of it was probably good, I agree. But even so, he didn't say anything for anyone to to get to be bothered by it. So it wasn't a Chandler moment, you know. Now, if I, I if he went in there and just did exactly what Chandler did, like that, like he went in there and just really, just really hit home the gospel and called out, not by name maybe, but just. In general, you know, called out the the heresy that's there because I mean, even so, Furtick, I don't know anything that he believes that is I would say heretical, like damnable. But those guys that Chan was around, they believed that Jesus lived as being man; he emptied out his divinity. Now, I went through that me and Stephen did already in another podcast, so I'm not going to go over that again. Um, but essentially, like Chan had every opportunity to call out that heresy. He did not. And in fact, he affirmed these men as godly men. That's a problem. That's the main thing. I mean, if he would have, if he wouldn't have done that and he would have really called them out very strongly, he wouldn't have been invited back. Number one, you wouldn't see Todd White promoting Chan anymore. I mean, right after the, I mean, during the conference, he took a picture um, with Chan and posted about him on Instagram. You know, that wouldn't have happened. You know, and so Chan and Chandler handle that completely different. Um, and I yeah. agree that it's it's possible to go to a conference and still be very, uh, just do what you, you should as a as a preacher of the Word of God. Chan did not do that. He failed there, uh, unfortunately. And that doesn't mean that I, I don't believe Chan's a brother in Christ. I do, but that's why I'm so concerned. He's a brother in Christ. He's a leader. He means so much to yeah. people. And I I mean, that goes back to celebrity pastors and preachers. You know, we shouldn't really take so much stock in what they say and do. Um, we should be concerned and, and try to encourage them and to help them, but at the same time we you know, we can't base our faith on Chan and and others like him and say, Oh well he he did that. We're we're in trouble now, you know. It's it's all over yeah. with. You know, we we gotta be strong in our own faith, obviously. And <clears throat> Um, but yeah, I mean, all that to say, with Chan, I I really, I was really disappointed. But I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm honestly not surprised because I've been seeing Chan do this kind of stuff for the past, like you said, few years. I mean, he went to IHOP, International House of Prayer, yeah. which Stephen talked about. That's another can of worms there. I'm not going to open that one tonight. But he he went there. Same thing. You know, it's just. He even rebuked people that would call out these people, like these false teachers. He said, "They are these. Are, do not rebuke the anointed. Don't don't do not despise these men. Um, it's not that I despise them. I just I'm very. I, they're wolves in sheep's clothing. I think we need to protect our flocks. And you know, you know
1: so yeah, that's the that's the thing. Like it's like nobody thinks. Like I mean, the Bible speaks about. There are gonna be false teachers and there's gonna be wolves in sheep's clothing. Right. And it's like but nobody thinks it's anybody. Like nobody actually is you know, you got people who are actually calling people out. You get you have people who call people out. But uh, it's like the majority of the church doesn't really I mean, yeah, you got like the Benny Hens and you got the Joel Osteens, and you'll hear a preacher every now and then be like, Yeah, Joel Osteen's a false teacher you know yeah Benny Hinn's yeah. a false teacher but like those are the obvious guys you know and, like yeah. I'm talking like the bible says there's gonna be people who are really deceiving people yeah uh I don't know anybody in my own life what I say I bet I know some people who's falling for the Joel Osteen thing but yeah I don't know a single person in my life who has fallen for the Benny Hinn thing you know and so
0: yeah I, I know I some mean, people I have but yeah it's it's very few you're right
1: yeah like those are the (coughs) obvious guys that people are going to hit on you know yeah but uh when we read the bible like these are like people who they look like one of us the bible says it they're wolves in sheep's clothing they're not wolves in wolves clothing you know (laughs) these are wolves in sheep's clothing they look like a sheep you know and but on the inside they're not and so uh but we're not calling them out like like nobody wants to admit that there's actually these people out there, you yeah, know, yeah. it's like we read about it and we agree with the Bible that it says it, but we don't, we won't like just confront, it, you know? Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've talked to some guys in that movement, the NAR movement. And, you know, I know, I know they would probably say the false teachers that of our day is probably people like John MacArthur. And I'm, and they'll probably say it based on, you know, him being so mean, quote unquote. and, Look, I get he's not perfect. I get that. Like he probably has said things that are rude, that are not wise, but I mean I don't I've I've listened to to a lot of MacArthur. I've never heard him say anything that I consider to be just unloving. And I'm like I said in the beginning of the episode, I'm a sensitive guy. You know, I've never you know, if if anyone would pick up on something that's, you know, insensitive in that aspect, I would have I Probably would have, maybe maybe not. I don't know. I could have been deceived. I don't know. Maybe I was deceived, but I mean, just until I you know hear an example. So I mean, but you're right that we we got we have to be honest and we have to be um, very diligent in in how we go about this. You know, we can't just go on you know Facebook like boom 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 boom. You know, like there we go. You know, false teacher, false teacher, false teacher. You know, all the time. But at the same time, we have to be in some way, active in, hey, we have this out here. Folks, look this way. Look at this person. You know, I mean, American Gospel, I felt like, did a great job of of talking about these false teachers. Um,
1: Yeah, I've been been meaning to watch that. I hadn't watched it yet.
0: Yeah, you need to watch. That's really good. And a lot of these false teachers will be involved in these conferences. So just for folks to be aware, just because you go to a conference like, passion passion conference um just because you go to a conference where you know most of the people there are, are awesome look into it look and see who's actually there research um those that are going to be involved um and and try to take note of of their ministry because just because they're at a conference with someone you really like and you trust doesn't mean that they're going to be solid so you know that's just you know you got to be weary of that um I mean, we have the internet. I mean the internet is so useful at this time. You know, we can we can find out what these people are teaching. Um and so I think that's that's important. But you know, I mean, look, if if you if people still go to conferences and they I mean, the thing is if you still believe that that's a true movement of God, that's fine. I mean, okay, that's fine. That's a true movement of God. Um, you know, based on what though and um is is there a true movement of God going on in your local church? If not, there's a problem, you know. And
1: yeah, and that's the thing. Like, like I'm not saying uh, a true movement of God can't happen at yeah. a conference or at a big event or at a church camp. I believe it. It can. I believe it. It does probably every year. You know, at various church camps, at various events. Um, but yeah, like you just said, um, if you're go into these camps and experiencing a true movement of God at the camps, but you're not experiencing a true movement of God at your local church, right, then you're missing out on fifty one weeks a year of God moving at your local hometown.
0: Yeah. You know?
1: Right. And instead, so, you know, you're you're using this one week off of this camp or this conference to be your movement of God for the year, but your local church there isn't it's dead, you know. Yeah. And so that's where the that's where the issue lies with me is like like no, I would rather fifty-one weeks out of the year my local church be alive and well and God moving and working in our church, and as opposed to one week at right. a camp. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's one thing I found interesting on um, in class. Uh, my professor actually went over this. Um, it's um, and, and it's not a conference. Um, anything to do with a conference per se. But it's called this spontaneous baptisms how to guide, Lordy Lordy. You know this this is like I just are you shaking your head because you don't want me to talk about it, or what?
1: No, because I can't believe there's even a thing.
0: This is um, from Stephen Furtick in Elevation Church. This is this is theirs. I mean, they go through how to do a spontaneous bab- how, to do, how to do a spontaneous baptism. They have a celebration team. Yeah, you know, here we go. This is this is you know, um, this is what they say. Um, when you okay, so when the pastor gives the altar call, you sit in the auditorium. So this is the celebration team. These are the people that were, are doing all this. Fifteen people sit in the worship experience and be the first ones to move when pastor the pastor gives the call. So when the pastor gives the altar call, these people move. They sit in in the worship service and they begin moving forward when the pastor says go. Move intentionally through the highest visibility areas and the longest walk. People at the auditorium exit doors directing people out of the auditorium. So that they it goes into detail about how they want to go about doing this. But in that part, it's saying, you know, literally, we're going to have people moving. In, 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 yeah, in, I, I remember in this, that. Yeah, <clears throat> to get them to to go. And here we go. Create an atmosphere, a celebration for those being baptized as they walk toward the changing rooms. This needs. To be huge in all caps, all caps, huge like Trump, huge, it's really huge, and over the top celebration, yeah, and over the top celebration. So I mean, geez, like it, it's it's just so it, again, it's the Finney effect, the Finney effect. It's it's um, these these people um, creating an environment where they get more responses. It's it's literally to. Attract more people to get more people to move to get more people to respond. Um, I mean, throughout it, if you read, you can you can look it up yourself. I'm sure. Um, I'm, I'm yeah, not
1: sure. I, I remember somebody. I remember somebody reading that to me one time. It might have, it may have been you a while back. I don't remember, but it almost reminds me of like uh, whenever you're a little kid, and uh, or you don't know, have to be a little kid, but you know when you're younger or whatever, and you go to this church event, and you know the pastor's like everybody who wants to be saved, raise their hand and you like kind of peek (laughs) around and you look and you saw that like three of your friends did it. So you did it. Or, or for instance, uh, honestly, you know, I was just like every other kid growing who grew up in church. You know, I said a prayer when I was eight and, uh, and my pastor found out about it. Like my grandma, I guess, told him and, um, or my mom, one of them. And, uh, I remember there's a couple other kids who were gonna get baptized like the next Sunday, and he he had them up at the front of the church and was like, you know, little Susie and Johnny's gonna get baptized uh, <laughs> next Sunday. You know, I'm gonna take them to the back back of the church when y'all walk out. You can shake their hands, give them a hug or whatever. And he walked by me, and he knew that I'd prayed a prayer at the house. He asked me, "You want to stand up here with them so you can get baptized next week?" It wasn't like my own decision, really, to like
0: yeah, go through forward and get
1: baptized. Wow. Yeah, that's that's crazy. And so, uh, yeah, and so yeah, it's almost like that. And and then, as you know, like you know, just like many other people, I didn't I didn't believe that eight you know eight year old decision was a real deal. And so, when I got older, at fourteen, I gave my life to the Lord. And uh, and then, as you know, also, <laughs> I got baptized spontaneously <laughs> no it wasn't really spontaneous I, I thought about it for a while and, uh, and my dad b- baptized me in a swimming pool in front of our entire youth group but uh, so anyway
0: well, your, your dad's still I mean that's a, still an extension of the local church your local church even though it's not yeah. in your local church which is not you know that's, that's not a problem that's a different that's a different conversation yeah but, um, <laughs> yeah I mean like Going further in this, you just, I mean, you can read this. There's several pages of this. Start in the hallway, smiling, clapping, and creating an atmosphere of excitement. You know, again, creating an atmosphere, environment of excitement. Make people happy because you're your happy. Make people, you know, just um, create a uh, celebratory mood almost. its It's just... You're creating a mood to get more of you know a more of a, a response, and it happens in our altar calls too, in a lot of Southern Baptist you know Southern Baptist churches and at conferences. Oh man, they're so it man, it is crazy.
1: Yeah, and I I, be, I believe that that's you know that's going to be a big part of um, you know later. You know, I just read out of Matthew 7, 13, and fourteen, but if you read down, it's kind of weird. Everything we've talked about tonight uh, is in. Almost all of it's in Matthew chapter seven because I have it open where I'm going (laughs) to be teaching uh, tomorrow night. But uh, yeah, right after thirteen and fourteen, it talks about false prophets, which we just talked about. Um, But then uh, right after that is the passage where you know many many will come to me in that day say Lord Lord didn't we prophesy in your name do miracles in your name you know do this do good works all this and he's going to say I never knew you and I think I think a lot of that is a direct result of people thinking. All it is is, oh, I just got to say this magic prayer. Right. I can go on about my life after I say this magic prayer. I'm good. Right. I can get, you know, I just got to say this
0: prayer.
1: Exactly. I mean, and and honestly, I think that prayer, if you're truly a Christian, that prayer isn't a one-time prayer. And for the record, it's not a prayer that saves you. It already, you know, it already happened in your heart before you ever said it. But I believe if if you're truly a Christian, that prayer is an echo that you'll be praying your whole life right you know god i know i'm a sinner you know god i'm not worthy uh to be uh you know loved by you or i was you know i wasn't worthy for you to die for me but thank you for doing that's if you're truly a christian it's not some prayer that you say one time and and you know boom i'm magically you know a child of god no it's a that's that's it's a theme of your life after that you know
0: right that's that's good that's good man um so I know it's it's about your bedtime. <laughs> oh
1: good. yeah, it's past my bedtime. Oh
0: man, well hey, um, do you got anything else, man? I, I you know, before we wrap up, do you got anything else that you want to share?
1: Uh, man, you put me on the spot now. I know I, I didn't have anything planned. Uh well,
0: anything else? Just anything.
1: I will encourage all your all your listeners. Okay, need to go subscribe if they haven't if they listen to this podcast and they've made it this far they need to hit that subscribe button right and listen to all the rest of your podcast oh that's
0: that's so sweet yeah man um well thanks for coming on i appreciate it
1: thanks for having me man
0: yeah man well guys uh, thank y'all for tuning in to cause these conversations uh, make sure you um try to listen to any any uh, episode that maybe will interest you um if not it's all good um join us next time uh join me next time i guess um my goal is to have a few other friends on so i'm just continuing the friend train um I'm, lord willing we'll have um sam turner um hopefully uh him and justin martindale that's my goal i'm not sure if, if, if that's going to happen or not yet um I hope it does I mean I'm already announcing it um yeah uh Grant Grant um knows both of them really well um more Justin I think but um yeah uh we're going to I'm going to have them on um we're, we'll probably talk about something to do with worship and um social media and you know um different technology you know sound stuff whatever um all that will be we'll probably discuss those things with uh We'll have those things uh, discussed, so can't wait for that. Uh, join us that whenever that comes out, and um, hope and pray that your week is good. It's a blessing. Um, I pray that you truly do experience a movement of God that is biblical, reflects what Scripture says, and it's not rooted in uh, false teachers, false theology, or false practice. So thank you again for joining me and Grant, and I pray um, that that you have a great week.